Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Oh friends, please don't stop worshiping. Truth is we come to a high point in our worship now, which is the reading and the teaching of God's word. We're going to be reading from the book of Proverbs chapter 1, beginning at the 8th verse. You can prep your Bibles there or your cell phones there um, as we get ready to read God's Word. But let me remind you that the preaching of God's Word as an action and the hearing of God's Word as an action are not intellectual exercises. These are spiritual exercises. Our desire is that our minds would be renewed and our hearts would be stirred and our lives would be transformed. And so with that in mind, it's wise that we begin, even before we read, by bowing our heads and praying to Almighty God and asking Him to do what only He can do. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, Your Word says that men are like grass, Their glories are like the flowers of the field. And it is true and we see it. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever. This evening we would stand upon your word, faithful and true, and ask that you would teach us by your spirit that we might walk in it and live lives to your praise and to your glory. We ask this for your glory and for your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior's sake. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 1, beginning at the 8th verse. Let me tell you the big idea, even as you come to the reading of it, you might spot it even before I get to say it. The big idea this evening is that the way of the wicked leads to death. Choose Jesus and live. The w- Amen. Thanks, Les. The way of the wicked leads to death. Choose Jesus and live. And if you've got your Bible open, you open let me just tell you how we're going to get there. There are three clear warnings to steer clear of the wicked man's way. And the first one is found from verse 10 to verse 14, and it's the wicked man's talk. The second way that we are to steer clear of is found from verse 15 to verse 18, and it is the wicked man's walk. Maybe amend that, uh, from verse 15 to verse 16. And then from verse 17 to 19 is the wicked man's end. Those are the three points that we're going to look at this evening. The way of the wicked leads to death. Choose Jesus and live. Let's discover that in the text, beginning at verse 8 of Proverbs chapter 1. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason, like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods, we shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us, 
we will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. And they set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessor. Just so far in the reading of God's word. Warnings to stay clear of the wicked man's way. By way of introduction, I'm just going to read the first two verses again and work through those. It says, verse 8, Hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Liesel would add in, and the And Solomon did too. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. First verse, verse 8 here. Uh, The word there is Shema. Um, When we think of the Shema, we think of that prayer from the book of Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, Shema, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. This is a Shema. This is something that we are to hear. This is something that we are to internalize. This is something that we are to do. And it says, my son. My child. This is an affectionate father speaking, the king, and he's speaking to his prince son, who's just a child and needs to grow up wise in the ways of the Lord. This is your father's instruction, your father's training, your father's discipline. And in case you think that this is patriarchal, he adds in, and forsake not your mother's teaching. And the word teaching there is Torah. It's uh, where we get the, the law from. But yeah, it's teaching. It's instruction. It's what she has to say, which is important for you to hear. Take the guidance of your parents to heart. There's a lesson here for parents. You are responsible to bring up your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord and the buck stops with you. Parents, you need to take your role seriously. And that's moms and dads. Godly men are influenced by godly dads who show them God's way and how to live But they're influenced also by godly moms. All through scripture we see that in the biblical account. Moses was influenced by his godly mom. Samuel, the prophet, was influenced by his godly mom. John the Baptist, by Elizabeth. Timothy, by his godly mom and grandmother. And even Jesus himself, by Mary, was influenced by his godly mom. But this isn't just a message to parents. And in case you think it's a message to teenagers or to students, you'd be wrong as well. This is a message to everyone that's in the room. Whether you are in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, or a bigger number after that. This has been codified in God's word by God's man, the prophet, uh, the speaker, the giver of wisdom. And it is profitable for each one of us for life and for godliness. In verse 9, we read that this wisdom, these instructions, this training, this teaching are like a graceful garland for your head. 
the idea here is of grace is that it is attractive to wear wisdom. It is elegant to wear wisdom. It's like a pendant. It's like a necklace. It's like a chain. It's like a crown of glory for your neck. Because following good advice produces an attractive character. Guys, um, drip lasts for five years. Fashion goes in and out of season. It's here today and it is gone tomorrow. What you're wearing right now is going to look goofy in 10 years' time. But honoring your parents is a crown into eternal glory according to God. We, we see this all over Scripture, but no clearer than the Apostle Peter writing in chapter 3 of his first epistle. He says, and he's speaking to women primarily here, do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of your hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. It's not all about Levi. It's not all about Golchi Dabana. I'm not very good when it comes to brand names. Um, it's not all about the brands that you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. You want a crown of glory? Listen to your wise parents saying this truth, gracefulness, is a garland for your head and a pendant for your neck. Now what follows is nine chapters of how to put on grace, how to put on elegance, how to put on these attractive necklaces of glory before man and before God. But the first one is taken from verse 10 and it runs to verse 19. And it's three warnings to steer clear of the wicked man's way. Three warnings to steer clear of the wicked man's way. And the first warning is this. Steer clear of the wicked man's talk, beginning in verse 10. Read with me verse 10 to verse 14. My son, I mean my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, lie with us, and wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole. Like those who go down to the pit, we shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, if people say things like that, know that this is a wicked man's talk and do not walk in that way. He says, my son, if sinners, literally, uh, wrongdoers, uh, people who revolt against God, people who rebel against God, figuratively, yeah, sinners is like a gang, a gang of kids that hang out on the street corner who are calling a young man to themselves. He says, don't consent. Don't be willing. Don't yield to these things. A sinner is one who does not actively obey God. The enticing might not come from a drug dealer. The enticing might not come from a prostitute. The enticing might come from a friend who just does not love 
Jesus as in, and is enticing you to walk in the way of the wicked. And to entice is to persuade, to deceive. Sin spiral downward always starts with an enticement, a temptation. Eve was enticed before she picked the fruit. Samson was persuaded before he slept with Delilah. David deceived his own heart before he slept with Bathsheba. We are too easily enticed, too easily persuaded, too easily deceived. The way of sin is attractive to sinners. The way of sin leads to destruction if we fall for it. The way of sin is the way of this world, the way of the wicked. It promises the world, but it costs your soul, so choose your companions wisely. Verse 11, if they say, come with us, let us lie in wait, let us plan, let us scheme for blood, for murder. Let us ambush the innocent, uh, the harmless people without reason, without cause, just for fun. Bad people plot bad plans for bad purposes. These guys say, say, come with us. This is the crowd speaking. Everyone's doing it. So how can this be wrong? This is pure pressure. And group acceptance has a certain attractiveness about it. Who doesn't want a group identity? But note the dissent here. First is come, hang out with us. Then come, scheme with us. Then come and do something you would never have dreamed of in the first place. God's word is right when it says, do not be deceived, but bad company ruins good morals. Verse 12, like Sheol. Sheol is a complex word in the Old Testament. It can mean one of four things. It can mean death like death, it can mean the grave, like the grave, it can mean like the place of the wicked when they go after death, or it can mean like extreme danger. Yeah, it's talking of death, it's talking about a murderous plot, like, like death, let us swallow them alive and whole, literally their whole life, their soul, their spirit, their body, everything consumed like those who go down to the pit. Bad people crave power over the innocent. We see that everywhere. We see that in the society that we live today. But for the point this evening, I, I, I want to say that there is Nothing that these men that think can think of that is as hungry as death. What can abate its appetite? There, there is nothing that these men can think of that is as powerful as death. Who can overcome it? These men believe that they wield the power of death. They believe that they feed the appetite of death. Verse 13. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Bad men seek dishonest gain. You'll note the self-deception 
in verse 13. These men talk of plunder, they talk of beauty, they talk of spoils. Uh, This is from their thievery, but they say that these are things that they're just going to find. It reminds me of Gollum from Lord of the Rings. For those of you who have read the book, there's a character. He, or haven't read the book, there's a character. And he's grotesque and he's messed up. But when you read his backstory, it goes back to a, a person who is no much different from a hobbit. Um, a short guy who had a friend who found a ring. And Gollum, Smeagol, comes up to him and ends up hitting him over the head and killing him and taking the ring. And then looking at this ring and saying, my precious, and calling the ring his birthday present with no reference to the murder that he's committed. These men are the same way. We shall find. We we found these things, all these precious goods. These self-deception. Bad men seek dishonest gain. Verse 14, throwing your lot among us. We will all have one person. Bad men seek out other bad men because birds of a feather die together. And we're going to get to the death in the third point. But for now, bad men seek out other bad men. They're saying, come, share our life and you will share our reward. Uh, The sins that your friends entice you with might be different to this. They might not be encouraging you to murder. But maybe they're encouraging you to alcohol. Maybe they're encouraging you to drugs. Maybe they're encouraging you to sex. But don't be fooled. Sins in your youth can haunt, and by youth, I'm using the term relatively up to the age of, let's say, anything under 35. Sins in your youth can haunt you for the rest of your life. Forgiveness is there for those who repent, but the consequences of sin can run after you for a lifetime. So-called friends who try and persuade you to do anything that doesn't honor God are not true friends at all. They are sinners. And they ought to be marked and avoided for the sake of your soul. Um, By way of application, every day when Thomas comes home from school, he's 10, my son, um, the first question that I ask him after how was your behavior before the teachers is who who did you play with? And it's not because I'm interested in touchings or rounders or open gates or whatever the kids are playing with nowadays. It's because I want to know the names. I want to know the names of the kids that he is hanging out with. Because I care who he spends his time with. Because I understand that scripture says that bad men encourage you to join with them and, um, uh, uh, because birds of a feather flock together. And I want to make sure that he is under good influences, even when he is not in my direct care. Three warnings to steer clear of the wicked man's way. And the first warning is this. The wicked man's talk from verse 10 to verse 14. Now take a look at verse 15 and 16 together with me. The wicked man's walk. The wicked man's walk. It says in verse 15 and 16, My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. My son, do not walk in the way with them in verse 15. Uh, the, the way here is the journey. It's, it's all of life. It's the path that you are walking. Don't walk with them and hold back your foot. Your foot is the, 
the first part in that walk that takes the rest of the body with it. It is the whole of you which would be running toward evil. Stay away from their path, from their way, from their journey, from their life. Life is a journey and you are on a path. You're on one of two paths according to God's word. There is a straight path and there is a crooked path. And it reminds us of the first psalm. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the way of the wicked. I read a quote by John Phillips. He says, two ways run through history. The way of Cain runs via the judgment of the flood, past the tower of Babel and the confusion of tongues, by way of the murder of Christ and then on to the lake of fire. It is the way of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And it is a roll call of colorful characters, consummate villains, and giant intellects. Its sidewalks are lined with establishments offering power and pleasure and prosperity, promotion and even piety. Its grand capital is Babylon. Its most popular resort is Vanity Fair and its final destination is hell. The other way is the way of Abel, the way of Seth, the way of Melchizedek, the way of Abraham, the way of Moses, the way of David, and the way of Jesus Christ. And it runs by Gethsemane and Gabbatha and Golgotha and on to glory. Those fleeing the city of destruction look for the celestial city and go home by way of the cross. Verse 16. For their feet, their their whole person, it runs an eagerness in them to do evil, to do harm. And they make haste, an ongoing activity to shed blood. Bad men do evil deeds. Their feet is swift to run after evil. But the feet take the body with it. They are eager to sin. This is the opposite of that blessed man in Psalm chapter 1 who walks and then stands and then sits. These men walk and then they run and then they kill. I was reading this afternoon that the Gauteng Community Safety MEC, Faith Mazibuko, has warned South African churchgoers, so this strikes close to home, that criminals see gatherings and churches as soft targets for theft and for robbery. The warning comes amid a rise in criminal activity recorded at churches in the province where phones, grab them closer, and money have been robbed from congregations, in some cases even ending in assault, kidnapping, and murder. Friends, we are living in the days of Noah before the flood. We are living in the days of Abraham before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Our country is ripe for judgment from God, for our violence has filled the earth and surely rises before him. In this text, there are three warnings to stay clear of the wicked man's way. The first warning is the wicked man's talk, and the second warning is the wicked man's walk, but the third warning is the wicked man's 
end. And we read that from verse 17 to verse 19. It says, For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. Takes away the life of its possessors. Verse 17, for in vain a net is spread in the sight of any bird. Bad men, according to scripture, over and over again are foolish men. In this case, there's bird catching. I used, to, I used to go out and catch birds when I was a kid. I'm talking like 10 years old. I had a friend that had a large property, um, a large tract of land behind his house, and we would go and construct uh, little cages. And then we would set up the cage, and then we'd set up a stick, and to the stick we'd put a long piece of string, and we'd go and hide underneath the bushes. We were dreadfully unsuccessful, <laughs> dreadfully unsuccessful. I think we didn't have a clue to be downwind of the bird. We didn't have a clue of not to set the trap in front of the bird. So I think we made too much, uh, too much noise. We often had chips with us, so we were eating and making loud, crunchy noises. Anybody that's a hunter knows that it requires a degree of stealth in order to catch your prey. These bad men are fools. No one sets a trap in full view of a bird. But bad men are setting up a trap in front of themselves. Birds are wiser than wicked men. Verse 18. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. And that word could have been translated souls. Bad men will fall into their own trap. Ultimately, greed will lead to their destruction like pride comes before the fall. Verse 19 starts with an emphatic word, such. Uh, it's, a, it's a way of arresting attention in the Hebrew. Are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. In other words, people who are greedy for unjust gain are just like what the proverb writer has been saying for the last 10 verses. They are fools, and they will fall into their own trap. It, the greed which they have, takes away the life for their souls of its possessor. Friends, bad men will come to a bad end. When you disobey God by harming others, you only harm yourself. You're free to take what you want from life but eventually you will have to pay for it. And the price that you pay is higher than the value that you gain. You end up sacrificing the permanent for the immediate. And that's a bad investment. As Warren Wisby says, when you disobey God by harming others, you only harm yourself. This study, the study of wisdom that comes from this wise king to his princely son, which has been written in the book of Proverbs, has been written for us, and it's a matter of life and death. It's a matter between a straight path and a crooked path. These three warnings to steer clear of wicked men's ways. So, how do we apply this to believers? Well, friends, Choose your traveling companions on the journey through this wicked world carefully. Choose your traveling companions on your journey through this wicked world 
carefully. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't interact with unbelievers. I'm not saying that you need to be Amish and head off to some area that there's no one else other than people who believe exactly like you. No, we're called to live in this world, but we're called not to be of this world. We're of the world to come. And so pick companions as you walk through this world toward the celestial city with care. Pick people that are going in the same direction as you. Pick people who are going to encourage you, going to exhort you, going to lead you in the right direction that God might be glorified in your life. Choose your traveling companions in this wicked world carefully. For unbelievers, friends, for the sake of your eternal soul, Turn away from the people of this world and the things of this world that you love, the wicked ways of this world, and cast yourself upon the person of Jesus Christ that you might live. He died for your sins, and he rose from the grave on the third day. And the call upon your life is to believe in him that you might live. If you are on the straight and narrow path your fruit will be evident. And so even now this evening, I'm asking you, investigate your life. Consider your fruit. Do you see that you are in Christ or does your fruit bear witness to a reality that you are not in him? If not, Jesus says a tree will be known by its fruit. A good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. In the same passage, Jesus talks about two ways. A broad path which many are on which leads to destruction and a narrow path which few find, a difficult path which leads to eternal life. Jesus himself says, I am that way. That truth and that life and no one comes to the Father but through me. Friends, turn away from the things of this world and cast yourself upon the only one who can save you, Jesus Christ, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. There were three warnings to stay clear of the wicked man's way. The first was the wicked man's talk. The second was the wicked man's walk. And the third was the wicked man's end. The main idea here is that the way of the wicked leads to death. Choose Jesus. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, two ways. A straight way and a crooked way. A broad way and a narrow way. A wicked way and a way for those who have found righteousness in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. In the valley of decision, Lord God, please might your Holy Spirit reveal Jesus Christ to dying men, that they might cast themselves upon him and live, that you might receive much praise and glory. I ask these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.